Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. Opinions from this podcast are those of the host or their guests only. No information on this podcast should be taken for legal, tax, or investment advice. Welcome, everybody, back to Top Shelf Talks. This is our financial series with our good friend Tom Costantiello from Consus Wealth Management up there in the great state of Ohio in the city of Columbus. We're good. Sun is shining. It's 58 degrees. You would think it's a bring day here. I won't tell you what it is in Florida, but I'm sweating and I got the window open. So <laughs> You're you know, we, smart. You yeah, got out. Yeah, I got, got out of Ohio, out. I know. So I, you had a really good plan, Chris. You had a plan. Yep. You stuck to it, and now you're in Florida. That's what it's all about. And I know you and I, we just had our review. As we all know, get the New Year's resolutions out, and we're going to do all this great stuff. The bottom line is it's a great time to take a look back and reflect, but then look forward to 23. Have you got clients knocking the door down right now to do a financial review with you, or is things kind of quiet? You know, I think it's funny. You talk about a new year, and obviously this our, our podcasts here are are focusing on the financial planning and, and stuff. Yeah, I, I think this is a great time to revisit your financial goals. Uh, we've reached out to all of our clients for check-in calls, uh, you know, making sure they're up to date and things like that. You know, I went to the gym. The gym was packed. January, February, March, it's the worst time to go to the gym or church, right? Because yep. everybody's like, I'm going to work out and lose weight. Oh, I'm going to go back to church. And, you know, it's great to see all of that stuff packed. But what ends up happening, March, there's a little bit less people. April, there's a little bit less people. Come summer, there's nowhere in either one of those places. You know, what am I, what am I alluding to? Well, you know, we get all excited at the beginning of the year. Do we know what we need to do to continue to stay on the path? to complete our goals. That's what we do for our clients. You know, we're almost that fitness coach or the person that's going to keep help keep them on track, hold them accountable and make sure they're going to have the retirement that they want to have. Right. And so it's a great time to revisit your stuff. No time like the present to, to make changes. So I know offline we were talking about some 401ks. Um, I think most people that listen to our podcast probably are either in a 401k or something of that type. There's 403B, SEPs, all this kind of stuff. This time, I, I know for me personally, I took the opportunity over the holidays to take a look at what I contributed. And fortunately, I'm, I was in a position I can contribute my max. For people out there looking at their 401k stuff, do you offer services? It's like you'll sit down with them and kind of look at what they have and make sure they're doing the right things for the other opportunities they may have? Oh, 100%. I mean, foundation for our service is a comprehensive financial plan. So, you know, what does that mean? I think we've, we've talked about it before, but it's really understanding two key things. How much money do you need to have saved and what's the rate of return you need to get there? And since most people have money in their 401k, it's super important they make sure that they have the right investment mix so that they can get the right return so they can get to the finish line with the retirement that they want. I'll give you a real life example. Got a client referred to me, was just in whatever that default fund was in the 401k. He hadn't looked, it was averaging about 5% a year. Good. He made money. I mean, beat the bank. He needed to average seven. And so when he got to 60, hoping to retire, he was two, $300,000 short. Well, had this guy got together with me 10 years ago and we did the comprehensive financial plan, we would have figured out that he needed 1.2, 1.3 million. 
we would have done the math, figured out that he needed about a 7% return, and we would have built the portfolio to get him there. So now, fast forward, the guy's 60, he can retire. He's got plenty of money. If you have a 401k, even though you may not have a lot of money to give to a financial planner, uh, and you're not sure, you really should engage somebody in a financial plan to figure out, like I said, how much money you need to have and what's the rate of return you need to get there. The other thing is you and I are reading a book here lately, and we've been passing back offline some little things. One of the lines in that book says, don't give a bricklayer money to go buy jewels. And people are like, where's he going with this? From a financial planning perspective, you want to hire a professional like yourself and not somebody that does it part-time. Glad you brought that up, but yes. So here's the thing. What exactly is a fiduciary? What the heck does that mean? It means that the investment advisor or person or whoever you're working with is going to put your interests first. They're going to put you in investments that are going to be really good for your situation. One of the beefs I have is that these fee-only advisors or fee-based. They say they're fee-based or they're fee-only and they claim to be a fiduciary. Well, what if a managed account paying a residual fee every year is not in the best interest in the account? What if a commission-only account where the client invests in that mutual fund, pays the sales commission once, has no ongoing fees, what if that's better for the client? and saves them money over time. The fee base says, I'm a fiduciary, so let's go to, go into this account. Is that really working in the best interest of the client? I have a huge problem with that. Recently, I saw on Morningstar, there was an article where the lady has a fee-only advisor. He put half of her money in, in a managed ETF account. What managed account is, for those of you that may not know, it's where there's no commission to buy, no commission to sell. You can leave it at any time, but the advisor may make 1% a year off of that money, managing your money, okay? Puts 50% of her money in a managed account. The other 50% he put into an annuity. The people were saying, oh, that's bad. He didn't act in that person's best interest and da, 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 da. So again, I disagree with that because, and you have to understand what you're getting into. And that's one thing when we're talking about a bricklayer to right. buy jewels. You should never invest in anything unless you know why you're investing in it and what it's going to do for you. So for example, let's say this annuity was going to protect this lady's principal from any market losses and provide her 5% income guarantee for life. And she needed that income guarantee to pay her taxes or utilities or medical bills. And that amount would cover that cost till the day she died. And so that advisor, yes, he may have gotten a commission for that, but he put that in there, got rid of the market risk and got this person the income she needs so that she could live and pay her bills? Are you telling me just because the advisor did that and it was a commission product, that was not in the best interest in the client? That's BS. And the other thing too, some of these programs, it's not like the advisor gets to pick what they get paid. Right. Like if that annuity is bought, you know, sold by me or some other agent, we all get paid the same. Here is the other lady has, you know, her money and the advisor goes, the you know, the auto fiduciary, commission only guy, and he puts all their money in an annuity. Well, that may not be in the best interest of the client. I attribute the difference, and, and I'm hybrid. So I, and, and I'm gonna talk about how I am a fiduciary, and it's the old fashioned fiduciary, but I'm a hybrid. So I can do both. I can charge a fee, I can sell commission products. And I do that because I truly believe 
that's in the best interest of the client because I'm able to open up all kinds of different things to protect them, protect them from running out of money. Well, we got to use an annuity. If there was a fee-based something like that that I could use and it was better for the client, I would use it. But right now there's not. But if I'm fee only, I can't do that. So now am I really working in the best interest of the client? And that's where we have the full suite of investments. And I'm a certified financial planner. As a certified financial planner, we have a code of ethics. And we have to sign that and abide by that code of ethics or we lose our license. And specifically in that CFP, the fiduciary standard where you will always put clients first. So my recommendation to anybody out there, if they're not a CFP, don't work with them. And if you really want the best of the best, find a CFP that's a hybrid like we are. I think you bring up a really good point because we're seeing it more and more on television where they say, hey, we make more money when you make more money. That's what you're talking about on a fee-based managed account. So if the balance of the account goes up, they get a, a bigger That's account. correct. Right. So that, just that's for right. clarity, that's what we're talking about. And you'll see that on, on TV quite a bit. But then you go back to the hybrid thing. And I think for our listeners, when you are, become a client, to, for somebody like yourself, a financial certified financial planner, certified financial advisor, is that you need to go into that meeting understanding that you're in the driver's seat. You're looking for this individual who's an expert because he has these certifications, an expert in that field, and you're looking for them to provide you guidance on what should happen. So I'm going to give an example. Let's say that you're nearing retirement and we'll say you're 50 years old. You have, I don't know, half a million dollars in the bank. You're going to work until you're 60 but you're worried and you bring it up to the person that you'll run out of money. There are products that you can access to offset that risk, that person worried they're going to run out of money. But on top of that, like you said earlier, you don't put all your eggs in that basket because you're going to lose some something on the other side, but you look at them and say, how much money? And you really dig down deep. But when clients come into the office, and I'm sure you see this a lot in your business, I feel like not they're lost. I feel like they don't feel like it's they're in the driver's seat. They'd also don't feel like this is their money. This is their wealth. They have worked hard to get there, especially folks with larger balances that have really worked hard, that they're in the driver's seat. And I think some people lose sight of that, really puts them in a bad spot. And some of them are taking advantage of them, unfortunately. A discussion I had earlier today was there's two schools of thought. I'm going to save, I'm going to work, and then I'm going to have this pile of money. And I'm going to go to somebody and say, okay, what can you do with this? What kind of income can I get? Or there's the people that get a financial plan, a financial planner, whether they have, like I said, if it's just your 401k and you want guidance, financial planners can charge you a flat fee. Right. Okay. You know, you pay the fee, you get the financial plan, you know where you're at. The difference is with a plan, you're planning for replacing your income that you're making now when you retire. We're going to put in plans so that, you know, if you're making 100 grand a year, hopefully you're making 100 grand a year when you retire. That's the goal. But when you go the other approach, well, I'm just going to work and save and then whatever I have, those plans that I've come across, they're about 65% of what they're making. I don't want anybody to go into retirement. <clears throat> you know, you're making a hundred grand then all of a sudden you retire. And now you're going to live on 65. You work hard all your life and now you're going to have to, you know, clip coupons and worry about where you're going to, you know, how you're going to spend your money and this, that, and the other. No, get the plan now, figure it out yeah. so that you don't have to do that. Talk about this. And Simon Sinek talks about the power of why, but our why is so that people can have a great retirement and not worry about money or running out of money in retirement. How we do that through a financial plan. What we use, in this case, what products, depends on that person's plan. Everything is done on purpose. People know why they're getting 
certain investments or why they're investing in certain things. And you should never invest if you don't know why you're doing it. I think that's where people are kind of taking advantage. But to me, that's the ultimate fiduciary responsibility. People should know what they're getting and why. Starting the new year here, and I, I encourage folks to reach out to you via the email, and I'll put all of Tom's uh, in the podcast. You know, a lot of folks, and I'm sure you see this when they come into their office, they're like, that stock market, all the stock market's down or whatever. And I just want to be clear to everybody that financial planning is not worrying about the stock market. I mean, that's, we worry about the stock market, obviously, because a lot of us have investments tied up in the stock market. When you sit down with a client, probably don't talk much about the stock market. I mean, you're talking about their plan, retirement goals, and then you fit those product, like you said, that mix, that hybrid of products in with those goals. You don't sit down and talk about, well, we're going to put 5% you know, percent into this emerging market and all this other kind of stuff, do you? If people want to know how the watch is built, we'll tell them. Some people just want to know what time it is. So they're saying, hey, just tell me what I need to do. That brings me to the other point, the rate of return. So if you understand how much money you need to have saved, and we then look at the rate of return, you know, what if you're a 40-year-old, you don't like the stock market, and you only have to earn 3.5% on your money because you're a really good saver? Yeah. Well, you don't have to get in the stock market. So yes, you know, we're going to talk about investments in the stock market. But if you know that rate of return, say it's you know 4% in this person's case, we can buy treasury bonds and they don't ever have to worry about the stock market. Know how much you need to have saved. Know the rate of return. The rest is easy. So to wrap up here, uh, what other advice do you have for the listeners as entering 23? And a couple, just a preview of some stuff that we're going to do. There's a book that um, you and I have been reading off and on for quite some time called The Richest Man in Babylon. It uh, It's it's very interesting read. Um, we're going to kind of spend a couple of uh, series podcasts on talking about that. What other things out there for folks with the new year? Well, I think they ought to subscribe to our podcast for sure. Oh, that's an it's obvious one, yeah. We're going to lead them down that path. I think I'm excited. You know, The Richest Man in Babylon was written by George S. Clausen in 1890. Uh, it's about the Babylonians in 600 B.C. and how to be financially successful, financially independent. There's even a section in there on how to get out of debt and get back on track. And so, you know, I'm excited that we're going to do that series. I believe there's seven seven steps within the book. Yeah. Uh, and it's, of course, written in that old English, which is... We're going to help interpret that. Yeah, we got yeah, a plan. So what there. we're we going to, you know, I think what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to read the lesson, and then we're going to say, well, what that means in today's world. So we'll then translate it and, and show you how it applies today. Once again, it's really about paying yourself first, right? Making sure you're putting money away for your retirement, and that amount is generally ten percent. And that, you know, when you talk about four hundred one k's, Chris, when we look at your four hundred one k, you hire a financial planner. Are we taking advantage of the full match? I mean, are right. you doing the maximum so that you get 100% of that match? You know, are you over 50? So now you can do 30,000, but get get with a financial advisor. That's what I want to close with, a financial planner, a certified financial planner. My rates are 250 bucks an hour, uh, if anybody wants to know. Uh, generally, a financial plan is going to take, you know, meeting, soup the nuts, recommendation. Takes about two to three hours. So somewhere between 500 to 750. And I don't know if I shared this with you earlier in the show, but, you know, we just recently did a financial plan for a client. You know, once again, our job is to, to help you identify coordinated gaps as well as opportunities. She had 60 grand in an old 401k plan and in some stock options that she had no idea she had. Wow. 
So when's the last time, I will tell you, when's the last time you paid 750 bucks, Chris, and found 60 grand? Yeah. So, you know, she talked about taking a great vacation. Well, there you go. There's some money for that vacation, uh, but we're really excited, and she's really on the right path. You know, you bring it up. I have to have a, a, a home inspection. I, I build a new home. I'm at the end of my one-year warranty. So I called a guy yesterday and to do a home inspection on my size home. I'm not in a big house. $425 for home inspection. Now, that guy may come in and save me thousands of dollars because if he finds something wrong mechanically or whatever that the builder has to correct. But for you, $750 to ensure your financial future, to me, is is a value, a big value. So, well, you know, make sure you don't run out of money in retirement, you know, uh, maybe get to retirement a little bit earlier, maybe have that wonderful family dream vacation that you hope for. Uh, but everything starts with a goal. So just like it's a new year, it's a new year. People are at the gym. Yeah. They want to lose weight. They want to go to church. They want to do more things. Get those new year's resolution, get them on paper, get your goals and get at it. All right, until next time again, for a preview of everybody, we're going to have a mini-series on the richest man in Babylon. If you want to go out um, and get a copy, it's great. We're going to kind of walk people through the highlights of it and move it into more modern times and concepts. So it's going to be fun. I will I will tell everybody, save your money. Just listen to our podcast. Yeah. The bricklayer, you know, giving sure. a bricklayer money to buy jewels, it's from that book. Yes. It's funny. But we're going to have a lot of fun with it. I don't know, Chris, if there's a way, I would love for people to submit questions that they may have. Uh, I'd love to be in a position where we're answering these questions on future podcasts. We're going to give it a shot. So if anybody has anything out there, uh, I'll put it on the description. Anything. Anything. So. Uh, almost anything. Yeah. All right. 